This is Life Links with a DL link. Good afternoon to you. In case you didn't know, it is 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Nikki Severini. I am so happy to be with you on this beautiful Thursday afternoon in the city of Gauteng. Um, of course, this is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights and information and illumination. And besides the fact that today is the 7th of September, so we've had seven days of spring. And I don't know how your spring is going at the moment, but mine is just fantastic. I love driving around. I love looking at all the beautiful blossoms. And I love looking at the new buds. And just have you noticed how the leaves are an extraordinary green? You never get to see this green, this kind of vibrant, alive, bright kind kind of green for the rest of the season. It's just, it's the new green. It's just really, really, really beautiful. But besides the fact um, that we're celebrating spring, um, and of course we have Rosh Hashanah coming up, and then we have Yom Kippur, um, the month of September is also Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And so if you're seeing people walk around with gold ribbons, it's because they are showing their support to children who are fighting the disease. And, um, you know, if you'd like to get one of those, incidentally, gold ribbons, you can go online to the, the Chalk Online store and you can get one of those ribbons. Between 900 and 1,000 new cases um, of um, children being diagnosed with cancer um, are, are detected every um, single month, every single year. And so we thought that for today's show, we're going to be looking at childhood cancer. And more specifically, we're going to be looking at the extraordinary, extraordinary work that people are doing around the country to raise funds, to raise awareness. Um, and we're going to be bringing that all to you during this show. Also, just as you know, the DL Link, the, the greatest of uh, fundraisers and the kind of work that they do within the community, will be looking at the Three C's event, which took place last Thursday. I was very lucky to be at that event, so we'll be talking about that as well. So we're going to kick off the show um, chatting to our first guest, um, Henry Pretorius, who he's, you know, he's a busy dad and he has a busy life and he runs around and he's got a busy job, but he. He still has time to dedicate really a lot of time to a certain foundation which is very close to his heart called the Frieda Foundation. I'd like to welcome our first guest. There we have reigning men. I mean, I don't know what's happening here in the studio, but what I do know is that we should have our guest, Henry Pretorius, on the line. Henry, are you there? We got cut off, but I'm delighted to have you on the line. Henry, thank you so much for joining us. I know that you're very busy. And I was just saying, you know, you're a dad and you work and you, you give your time to the Frieda Foundation and there's a very good reason for it. What is the Frieda Foundation and what does it mean to you? Well, the Frieda Foundation was, um, was founded in 2008, um, with, uh, specifically kind of um, focused on um, uh, young people battling um, cancer or going through cancer and cancer awareness to that market specifically. I think you know young people think they're invincible and young people think that they can you know live a lifestyle that that might uh, they're free from from any illnesses and sicknesses like cancer. Um, and and they do they 
it might influence them and it might uh, impact their lives in some way or another, like it did with my brothers. Uh, my brother was diagnosed with testicular cancer in, in 2008, and because of that, we, we started the foundation, and the foundation's main message is, um, is um, edu- education around cancer and awareness around cancer for that uh, age group. Um, and as well as raising funds for, for people that were, that might be in the same situation that my brother was in. And that was that he didn't have any medical aid cover. Um, mm. and he had to, him and my parents had to, uh, had to fit the ball in cash sure. to, to cover his expenses. So, yeah, I mean, so it's close to my heart. It's something that I've always been involved in. Um, because we're speaking to a young, young, younger market, I think. Um, we use music as a, as a vehicle, so we we do a lot of uh, music festivals and music events um, where we get uh, people involved. The, new, the money raised from those events are then is then um, donated to a to an individual who needs to either finish his or her uh, medical or cancer treatment, or or needs funds to bolster to bolster their treatment treatment fund. Um, and it's been it's been great. It's been a it's been a great eight years. We've met some great people. It's um, it's it's a lot of fun. Wow, Henry. So so the the actual the, the music festivals that you put on, you bringing you attracting the youth, but there's a very strong message. Or am I wrong? Is it just a people coming together and listening to great music? Or do you have speakers? How how are you raising awareness? I hear how you're raising the funds, and you're helping mm-hmm. those who are battling cancer because we know how expensive it is. But in terms of raising awareness, that that must be pretty challenging. How are you doing that? Yeah. So so what we do at these events is what. With the, um, the ticket comes um, um, a little leaflet that's fun. It's, it's a kind of a, a fun message. It's not too serious. Right. We focus on, and with that comes um, some information about um, specifically testicular cancer and breast cancer because those cancers are quite quite prevalent under younger people mm. these days, more so than it was, I guess, 10 years ago. Um, and then the, the, the focus is, you know, early warning signs, early detection. I think that's probably our biggest message is that, um, my brother was living with cancer for a year and he didn't do anything about that. If he knew what to look out for, he would have seeked medical help earlier. And the prognosis for survival when cancer is detected early is very good, especially with testicular cancer. Mm, absolutely. So I think people, and it's small things. It's really not, you know, it's just know, knowing what to look out for. It's knowing what to, um, you know, and the message is fun. It's not about, it's not about death and destruction and, and, uh, um, looming over your shoulders. We, we are quite vocal about if you don't want to check it yourself, get your girlfriend to check your people. Mm. Or, you know, <laughs> let your girlfriend know what to check for. Let your boyfriend know what to check for in your breast. So it's, it's not, it's not, it's, that's the message. That it's, Great. You can still have fun, you can still be young, you can still mm. do what you need to do, but what you think you should be doing when you're young, uh, we don't want to preach to anybody, but we do want people to know that early detection is key for yeah. any cancer. So yeah. if you know what to look out for, 
you're already halfway there. Mm. I, li- I really like the connection, the fun, the music, and awareness and early detection. So as you said, it doesn't have to be something that they want to avoid. It just becomes something that they do and that they're aware of. That's great. So you have an yeah, event fair, coming fair. up, don't you, Henry, on the 30th of September, Blood Brothers. Tell us more. Yeah, so we, 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 we like, like I said, we've always done music events, and we, we're... Um, my brother specifically was involved in South African music and he knew a lot of users. So when he, he got ill, a lot of people kind of raised their hands and said, how can we help? Um, and that's actually how the first Frida Fest was born. And yeah. through the years, we kind of developed uh, many Frida Fest, but these guys travel so much. The South African users, you know, they work really hard. They travel the country, they, they gig often, and we found that you know, we put up a free assist with, let's say, Fante van Coke or with, um, with Crash Car Burn or with, uh, any other relevant band that we've used. Um, you know, people have seen them often because they've just been here last month because they're working so hard. So we thought with Blood Brothers, let's hold something that's unique where we actually put together a band of users from different bands and they come together to create this, what we call... One band. A, a one band, yeah. Wow. So, um, uh, usually between nine and ten users. We've got two drummers. We've got uh, a few guitarists, bassists. Um, so this is the third year we actually we actually doing this event, and we put this band together. Uh, some of them have been in all three bands. Some come and go, uh, depending on their own schedules, etc. Um, but we've put together, which I think is quite a quite a talented group of, um, of users, and we'll be perf- they'll be performing at the at um, the Good Luck Bar in Joburg um, uh, on the 30th of September. So that should be a should be a fun evening uh, for all. If you if you like some old rock classics from Paul Jam and Nirvana, um, some classics from uh, Rage Against the Machine, and then also Franco from Coke will be doing some of his hits. Albert Frost will be there. He will also be performing. Um, we've got two great drummers. Uh, we've got uh, Goth from Crash Car Burn. So, Sounds great. Yeah, look out, look, it's going to be a nice eclectic mix of rock and roll classics and some great South African rock tunes. Lovely, Henry. Listen, if, if anyone's keen to come along to Blood Brothers on the 30th of September, where can they get tickets? Well, the tickets are available online mm-hmm. uh, on uh, Dot Moby, so it's a mobile site um, as well. So you can you can uh, book your tickets there. The tickets are uh, two fifty at the moment. You just missed the early bird special for yeah. two hundred, but there's uh, going to be some great giveaways. We're giving away some iPhones because Vodacom's involved. We're also giving away a Fender guitar that's signed by the band members. So if you buy your ticket, you're you're automatically in for the draw for uh, one or two iPhones as well as a guitar. So. So there's, there's, some, there's some extra benefits for buying a ticket. Sounds great, Henry. Listen, I wish you every success. And the, the Freedom so Foundation, you know, may you just grow and grow and grow. We need to be reaching the youth around this country, really. And just talking to representatives from Chalk, talking about how important it is that early detection and awareness so that you do this and you do it in such a great way with musicians. I, I really love that. So onwards and upwards, Henry. Thank you for joining us. It's been great having you on the show. Thanks so much for uh, for putting our message out there and uh, really appreciate it. You guys have a great afternoon. Thank you, Henry. Go well.
Bye-bye. Henry Pretorius, founder of the Frieda Foundation. That's the Blood Brothers happening on the 30th of September. Let's take a break. And I have another fantastic um, guest coming into the studio. He's also doing great things for cancer. And he's been spreading his amazing voice for years um, on the airwaves in South Africa. So coming up in just a moment, Garth Taylor, stay with us. If you are in business and you would like to support the DL Link, consider advertising or sponsoring the show. 16 minutes past 12 o'clock. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the DL Link Show on 101.9 High FM. And on this show, we connect you through insights and information and illumination. And September is the Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Um, and really, it's just by wearing this gold ribbon, you're going to be showing your support to those children who are fighting the disease. Um, I'm not even going to go into how many more children are being diagnosed and just how wrong, how wrong that is. But it is a reality. And many, many doctors talk about the importance of early detection. And so often the symptoms are ignored because it's seen as a fever or it's seen as mumps or it's seen as something that you would see as a, a normal childhood illness. So hopefully this show is just making you aware of that. But really also what we're doing is just giving people opportunity to tell their story of the, the fundraising, their awareness campaigns, why they're doing it and how you can get involved in these incredible campaigns. So I have in the studio someone who I have followed for many, many years. I mean, going back in time to his his first um, single, Why?, I think it was on the chance for five weeks or so. And so it's lovely to have um, Garth Taylor in the studio because he's not just a singer, I found out. Then, in fact, he's a kickboxer as well. And he's using his kickboxing um, to help raise much needed funds um, for young children who are fighting cancer. So, Garth, welcome. Hi. Lovely to have you in the studio. <laughs> nice to be here. Thank you. So, Garth, I mean, you've worked with incredible people. The Simply Reds and Richard Branson. I know you yeah. sang at his son's um, wedding. wedding and yeah. Are you still very into your music? Very much so. Very much so. I was asked a question yesterday. So, since when did you drop your 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 singing for a for a boxing career? I'm like, no, no, I didn't do that. See, I'm not the typical male. I can multitask. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I've, I've, I said no. I haven't. I haven't done that. What I've what I've done, in fact, is I've used one of my hobbies um, now uh, as a, as a tool. To raise funds, but I'm still obviously a singer and songwriter. In fact, I've just released a single for for Women's Month. Um, uh, th- this year was going to be my year of singles, so I've done two so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking to do another single before the end of the year closes. So, wow. three singles in a year, not so bad. Not so um, bad. Where does the inspiration come from? People. In fact, the last single for the Women's Women's Day, Women's Month, was was inspired by a South African woman. Um, I put a, a post out on my Facebook page and my social media asking South African women and actually international women around the world, what is your strength? What makes women stronger, simply? And there was uh, a, a lot of interesting and comments. And what makes women stronger? Well, From their it, opinion, I'll it, be interested. It, to it, yeah, it, it varies. From, from being able to pick yourself up after falling to being um, there for a family, holding pieces together, being able to look after children, um, being able to succeed against all odds, being the underdog and yet still rising above. You know, I'd, I'll argue with the underdog part because I don't, I don't think women are. I think, I think Not that women I generally agree. underestimate themselves. Hmm. You know, they, they, they speak from a position of underdogness, but it's actually not at all the case because, no. 
because everybody with half a brain knows that that's not the case. So I think I think women's women's strength is that they acknowledge themselves and, and appreciate themselves. But um, there was a lot of a lot of weaknesses coming through in those comments. So in the song that I wrote, I obviously didn't write about those. The weaknesses being women underestimate themselves far too often. And on this, on the I'd song that people, I wrote, I would say people <coughs> underestimate themselves. I wouldn't even say women. People, you know, as yeah. we, as human I, beings I can be pretty complex. We can all underestimate I ourselves. I don't even want to categorize <laughs> women. We are women. We are great. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's but, what you're saying. But what, what, I, what I found, what I found in in, in, in my post that that. Uh, it was almost like speaking from a defensive point of view. A lot of the ladies, and I'm like, "Why are you doing that? Is mm. like, don't you don't have to do that because mm. because like I said, as anybody with half a brain knows that that if it wasn't for women, we wouldn't even exist. So that's the starting point. I mean, we're human beings and we speak a language and walk around on two legs. And here's the fact that without women of the species generally of every single species in the entire planet, nothing would exist. Nothing. I like How you powerful guys. is that? I like you very, very much. <laughs> Stay yeah, in the studio. I was, I was putting that out. <laughs> so you are a kickboxer as well. Yes, that was that. That became an involuntary habit after school hobby, should I say, because I was bullied. Oh. I was in children's homes. I was taken away by the welfare at a very early age. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you, you're aware of the, the welfare process. Sometimes they have to take a child away from a family because the family. Uh, are doing damage to their child's upbringing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's because of drug addiction. Sometimes because of abuse. Sometimes because they simply can't manage. In my case, it was an abusive situation. I was taken away, put into a home, and there I stayed until I was at least yeah, ten years old. I was, I was in children's home. Yeah, my sister passed away of cancer in okay. 2013. But the two of you were put when, into yes, yes, at this home. Yes, so. Um, so it's 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 quite a it's it's quite a thing for 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 me to to come from a children children's home environment and and be out there. My my train of thought was about the the strength of 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 women and how being in a children's home and being bullied and and being abused. I had to learn how to to defend myself. Right. So my sister. <laughs> My sister and I in the children's home, obviously, she wasn't bullied as much as I. She had a loud mouth and she was she was very, very stand-up for herself kind of thing. Mm. So there's another strength in a woman. Mm. But from my side, once my sister wasn't around to look after me, because obviously she was older than me, she went into other schools. So as soon as my sister disappeared, there's no more, no more sister to look after little Garth. So I had to learn how to look after myself. And I learned how to fight. I, I met a guy who was from Singapore. And he did um, <clears throat> martial arts. He did Taekwondo. And he said, ah, this is how you should fight back and et cetera, et cetera. And I, I, I just, I loved it. You just took to it. You know why? Because it was just, it was, it was a means to an end. Like f- from, from being beat around the schoolyard to suddenly I could actually beat back. It was like so, so great. And I could actually do something. You could defend yourself. And did they respond quickly, these bullies? Did they realize very quickly that you were no longer this Uh, object to be bullied and then it stopped? It's amazing. Look, I didn't know how to fight. Mm. I was in the early early stages. I wasn't wasn't like a great fighter. But I would fight back. Mm. And that enough, let me tell you, that enough uh, discourages bullies and abusers to stop. You know, if if they, they look for soft targets. So if they know that they can get away with hitting you and you're not going to hit back, they will come for you again and again and again. Mm. They can come for you 
and you hit back once, they might beat you up afterwards. I mean, it happened many times. I still got beat up. But they never came back because I always, always fought, fought back. back. Whether it was a scratch on the face or a punch in the nose or a mm. bite on the arm, I always got, it. Always got something in. Yeah. And that's, 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 I went from there and I just continued with the, with the sport. Um, I stopped for a long while, uh, obviously focusing on my music career. I really didn't keep fit for, for, for quite a number of years. And 2011, late 2010, 2011, I decided after looking at a very frumpy photograph of myself at Sun City, I, I thought I was quite okay, you know, with, <laughs> with my baggies on. And I looked and I thought, oh my gosh, guys, <laughs> you know what, you get, you're getting older, you have to do something about this, you know, this package that's going on. So I did. I went back to training. Yeah, the wow. only training I knew, which was kickboxing. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So listen, you're talking about your sister and you were obviously very, very <coughs> close to your sister. That's you that's very. who you had, one another. Yeah. So yeah. twenty thirteen she passed away. Yeah, she she had a five year battle with cancer mm-hmm. and uh lost the battle. But um you know, my sister for anybody who knew her uh, was a complete hooligan. She just lived life. She was loud and proud. When she walked into the room everybody knew about it. Mm. Um, she was the sort of person that some people loved her and some people hated her, but everybody knew where they stood with her kind of thing. It was like, she's just that, Joanne. And uh, she lost her battle. And uh, although I was involved in, in you know, the odd cancer shave-a-thon here and there, it wasn't really a passion of mine, to be honest, to be completely honest. I was, you know, same people dying of cancer all over the world. And cancer's worse. And I wasn't really that aware of, of it. Um uh, my, my, obviously, I became acutely aware of cancer once right. my sister was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. I was on the Came internet the whole time, yeah. and yeah. I was traveling. She was living in Australia, so unfortunately, I, I couldn't just visit her when I wanted. I traveled backwards and forwards from Australia many times, too many times to to recall. And uh, while doing that, spent spent every single cent I owned. You know, just just completely. So I do understand how how cancer affects families and and and. Not just a not just a victim of, of cancer or the, the 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 cancer fighter or so I say survivor we like to call him, but the people around. I mean, mm. as I know very very distinctly, I was I was completely hammered by her her fight, and when mm. she eventually passed passed away in in August 2013, um, yeah, it, it was just a little a little fire was still burning inside me. Although she had gone, I, I knew that there was something that I could still continue to do. Well, let's take a break and let's yeah. talk about what's coming up yeah. and how you are continuing to do something. <laughs> Stay with us. This is Life Links with a DL Link. Living the Life. 27 minutes past 12 o'clock. This is the DL Link Show on 101.9 Chai FM, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. I have South African musician and kickboxer Garth Taylor in the studio. Garth, sharing your story, how after your sister passed from cancer, yeah, you wanted to do something about it. So tell us about this event that's taking place. Yeah, so... Um Actually, before I'd, I missed a bit of a chapter, while my sister was fighting cancer, I started getting actively involved in in more charities um, to do with cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, aside from my anti-woman and child abuse campaigns and animal cruelty, I, I latched onto that too, as a matter of course. Um, I did a I did a fundraiser for Little Fighters Cancer Trust in Cape Town. Uh, I went down and performed for them um, one evening and uh, made friends with them. A very small knit group of people looking after families, 
um, kids that are affected by by the disease. You know, um, so I latched onto them and I did a fight a long time ago for little fighters. So like a fundraiser. Yeah, I right. basically you know these white collar boxing events they happen from time to time. They, where you get accountants, lawyers, yes, you know, actually plumbers fight, yes. who, who, who train, they go train boxing. You know, guys, guys will be guys and, you know, want to go train in a boxing gym. And, uh, and it goes the, towards a charity. Well, no, should, not, no, 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 no. no. They, these guys just jump in the ring just to prove oh. that they can fight. Okay. You know, I've, 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 you know, um, been to a few of the events. You get like, I don't know, an accountant who goes and trains and now he wants to test his skills against another guy who happens to be a lawyer. Right. And these two guys, like, it's, it's really quite a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's nothing, nothing professional for, for, for a lot of the fighters that go in there. But every now and then you get, uh, you get events such as the one that I'm, I'm going to be, uh, fighting at um it's a very professional uh event it's called wbe and this is the 19th one they've had and i was f- at first invited as a as a guest to go and watch you know because the the the, the president of this particular event um uh is a friend of mine and he says you well, i know you've always been interested in fighting come along and check it out as a vip so of course i go you know and we sit and watch you know a bit of uh white collar boxing that's what it's called then this all happened with, the, with with my sister and little fighters, and I thought, you know what? The next one you have, why don't I jump in the ring and fight against one of your uh, boxers and uh, one of the people they want to fight? And sounds like a Mayweather, Conor McGregor. I mean, you're looking yeah. different—a boxer, and yeah, kickboxer. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and let's see, uh. let's see if we can raise funds for these kids. And so we did. Yeah. And uh, so I, w- I was put up against a chap who actually. After having conversations with him, I discovered is, is looking, looking at taking his boxing career like further. You know? mm. Very talented boxer, you know? very very nice boxer, and uh, he he obviously wants to go into an amateur circuit. As far as our last conversations went, so I was like, okay, cool, I'm I'm scared, <laughs> you know. But I went I went up against him in the ring, and um, it was a fun evening. Uh, I didn't get beaten up too badly. And uh, the kids, the kids made some money. The, the 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 little fighters cancer trust, you know. So this being the month of childhood cancer awareness, I thought let me do it again right. because they have an event coming up. Right. You know, very luckily for me, on the fifteenth of September, it was moved. It was actually in August, and I was like, yeah, I should do it. I should do it. And then I moved it to September, and I was like, I definitely need to do this now. I need to get into the ring again for these kids, and that's that's what I'm going to do. I'm Here in Joburg? Yeah. In Joburg? Yeah, it's actually in, it, at Scarlet Ribbon um, Stone Ridge Shopping Center. That's in Edenvale. I thought, let me let me jump in again yeah. and, and see if I can raise some more funds for these for these kids. So that's, that's, just, that's what I'm doing next Friday. Okay, well, that's fantastic because we're going to come back to you and the fact that you're raising funds because I have in the studio someone who, wow, she just does incredible, incredible work. She's a pediatric oncologist. Um, she is a hematology expert. She's a board member of Reach for a Dream. So she's working with children who are battling cancer every single day, and she knows what the challenges are, and I'm sure one of the biggest challenges of funds, really. So I'd like to welcome Professor Janet Poole um, onto the show. Um, Professor, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's lovely, lovely to have you on the show today. 
Thank you very much for having me. Now, you've just recently spoken at an event, Reach for a Dream hosted an event, um, and you're listening to Garth, who's busy talking about raising funds. And, and, and that's really what we're highlighting, is that there's so many people who are doing incredible things. First of all, awareness that, that this, how important the early detection is, Professor, that, that so often what, what could be seen as a, a warning sign is just sometimes overlooked as just a, a fever or mumps or whatever it is. And mm. it's how to get that message out there and uh, to all corners of, of this incredible country of ours. Yes, I mean, <clears throat> so childhood cancer is, quite, is a relatively rare condition as opposed to adult cancer. So right. um, uh, a, a doctor, a pediatrician or a, or a GP or even a clinic might only see a child with cancer you know, once every few years. And so it's a relatively rare thing, and that's why sometimes the early pickup detection is is not as good as it should be at all times. But, I mean, there are the warning signs, and they're not specific for childhood cancer, but if they persist uh, for longer than a certain period of time, then who, then the doctor should actually just have at their back of their minds, could this be cancer and then do an appropriate screening test for mm. whatever it is mm. and then um, and then refer the child as soon as possible. I would prefer to get referrals that turn out to be nothing Absolutely. than to get a child that comes um, too late for, for, for the cancer. What what are you are you seeing an increase in, in any way, Professor? I mean I, I was looking at um Information that was coming out of Chalk talking about 900 to 1,000 new cases every year. Well, I don't, we don't actually know if it's an increase in the number of cases or whether it's just that children are getting more to the centers. Um, We know from a few years ago that only the incidence of childhood cancer is only half what it should be, and that's from our registry, our children's cancer registry, that we um, um, know that the children reaching this uh, an oncology center are only half what they should be. What so do you mean by half what they well, should be? Well, the incidence is around 150 per million worldwide, more or less. Mm-hmm. There are certain areas where it's more, there are certain areas where it's less. And in South Africa, up until about 2012, we were only seeing about 75 per million, okay, the uh, adjusted. So um, that amounted to about 600 cases a year. So this extra three to 400 cases is probably awareness and children okay. getting to have a diagnosis made right. and getting to a center more than an increase in the incidence. Um, we can't really say that it's increased. We do know that in the United States and in Western countries, certain childhood cancers are on the increase. Um, for instance, brain tumors are slowly but surely increasing in numbers and leukemia also. Um, but it's we we can't really say if it's increased, but we are getting an increased number of of, of children diagnosed right. coming to the to the units. And I always ask experts, I mean, why why is there the increase? And if we look at if we look at brain cancer, because you're right, there just does seem to be an increase. And then mm. of course people start talking about the technology and 
the pollution and everything. And I know that as a professor, it's very difficult to, to answer those questions because there's just no really sound proof that that is. That, that, that there could are be the so many studies looking at cell phones and cell phone towers. Look how many children have access to yeah, cell phones. Yeah, and electromagnetic radiation. Right. But there's really very little actual proof mm. that it's – and the, the problem is if you have a rare disease, um, you can't really inf- infer a cause and effect right. without a lot of um, statistics and, you know, manipulation of the figures and all sorts of things. Mm. So there is some evidence that it may – that power lines and electromagnetic radiation may – have a, an effect on childhood leukemia incidents. But there's really very little about cell phones and cell phone towers and that sort of thing. Mm. So most of childhood cancer, is, there's no cause for it. Okay, there's no, it's because it's not because the, of the diet, the lifestyle, the pollution. It really is that children are growing and and developing and their tissues are also growing and developing, so there's more room for error mm-hmm. in the DNA mm-hmm. to um, develop um, uh, a cancer. And then, of course, there's there are a lot. There's a lot of work in the genetics. Okay, so it's not inherited, but the the a gene defect may be inherited. Mm-hmm. Okay, which we really don't know about. At this point in time. So, Professor, what are you, what is the purpose of the Childhood Cancer Awareness Month? What, what do you want to focus on? Well, I think, I think that childhood cancer is, is an entity. Okay. So children do get cancer. So that's the first thing. Um, a lot of people think that children don't get cancer. And, um, and the second thing is that childhood cancer is, is Curable, okay, much more so than adult cancers. Um, Why is that? Because of the types of cancer that occur in children, Mm -hmm. they respond much better to things like chemotherapy. Um, They are primitive tumors. They, 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 they. The the tumors look like the tissues did when the fetus was being developed. Okay, so. They growing and developing all the time, so that the the chemotherapy can can act better on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, around in in the Western world, around eighty percent of children can be cured from cancer. Um, in South Africa, it's a little bit lower than that because of often of the late stages of presentation. But we're looking around sixty percent. In South Africa, so it can be cured. It's not a death sentence, and the doctors, um, our our philosophy is to to go for cure from the beginning, and not to say, well, let's just see what happens. You know, our aim is to try and cure the child, and obviously, in some we won't succeed, but that's really the aim from the very beginning, unless it's a very very late presentation, in which case we wouldn't. Um, advocate active treatment. 
Also, mm. you, you talk about having a team of doctors mm. um, and working in an actual oncology unit. Yes. So that's it's a pediatric mm. oncology unit. And we have them here in South Africa. Yes. You work at the Charlotte Merkleke. Yes, that's right. right. Mm. So, so tell us a little bit about that when we talk about a team of doctors. Well, it's, it's not only doctors. It's a team of people. Okay. okay. So um, a pediatric oncologist, that's myself, mm-hmm. um, would head the unit. And then under me I have, or working with me, are a whole lot of other doctors and who are also specializing or specialized in pediatrics and then oncology. The nursing staff, it's a highly specialized nursing um, a thing to, to get nurses who can um, deal with the with the drips and all that and kind of emotion, thing, and the chemotherapy. How hard that must be as we well. have a pharmacist who's dedicated mixing the chemotherapy. Right. We have social workers who are there all the time. So it's not, you know, I've got a problem. Therefore, let's make an appointment with a social a social worker. It's a they're not social workers in terms of you know like. I was just listening to you just now, you know, like removing children, that's one, but they actually do the counseling and they, we look after the whole family, not just the child, because mm-hmm. there's siblings, there's fa- um, parents, grandparents, and sometimes after the diagnosis is made, then the wheels fall off in the family. So that all is together. And then, you know, there's dietitians, physios. Wow. And then the volunteers, and we have a lot of volunteers who come and talk to the parents, um, do activities with the children, you know, get, you know, play, you know, is a very um, important thing in children's lives. Mm -hmm. That's what they mean to do. And so it's a whole team of people that a parent doesn't have to think, well, do I need to pay extra? Will the medical aid pay for this or whatever? And it's just a team of people that does it. It's in it, everything is everything's included. there. Yeah. Everything's there. Mm. And as a parent, to leave their child in this unit must be quite difficult. Do, do parents stay, or is well, it because we, you've got we, such a most nurturing? of the oncology units have rooming in uh-huh. with facilities, so um, one parent is allowed to stay with the child at all times. Okay, so. Um, which is sometimes quite difficult because some of the children are there for months on end and mm-hmm. the and the parents get um you know tired and mm-hmm. they've got things to do elsewhere so sometimes they say So do they then opt to rather not be in that unit? Do you know what I'm saying? There's, because it's there's very up few that opt not to. Right. Um, um and it's mostly mothers of older children who just you know, just can't. Um, they're working, they're breadwinners, mm-hmm. they have lots of other children, right. especially in the African population. So some of the older kids don't have a, have a parent with them. But you were saying that, that having children in that unit and not just looking after, mm. being looked after by one doctor, but, but having this team of specialists, mm. really incredible mm. people, that you, you're finding the recovery rate well, I, I don't know. It it just it just helps. Um, it it just helps the child to and the parents to, um, you know, to have an understanding of the whole illness. And it's not just I'm seeing you in my office, in an as an appointment, mm-hmm. and you're getting chemotherapy. It's like a whole 
people around you that know. So if I say go and do this, I don't need to go with and somebody else will know what to do mm. subsequently. Okay, so I don't have to go and drip every single patient, but the nurses will do right, that. Right. And, you know, there are obviously protocols and that in place. And, you know, children of, are remarkable. Um, as soon as they're feeling better, then they will be, then you know they're better. Okay, they... Mm get up to no good they you know they start smiling they start eating um you know they don't complain about um you know silly little things mm-hmm. <laughs> and and you know you you actually know when they're better okay that's that they start playing and doing all the things they should be doing i mean professor mm. you're talking with such a big smile mm. on your face it's almost as if you're thinking of particular children when you're talking yes. about it this is something that you're very passionate about i am very is it passionate. difficult to wake up and go to work every day no not at all not at all no <laughs> you you see the light you see it as it a, a wonderful gift i mean there's certain days when you think i can't go through the traffic but oh. um <laughs> <laughs> when you, when you hear there's a accident or something, but um, it's not that I don't want to be at work. Okay, it's um, it's just I don't the the, the problem to get there is it's an issue. But actually, I don't wake up in the morning and say I wish I didn't have to go to work or whatever, and um, or feel sad or depressed. Or feel sad or depressed. Yeah, you do feel sad sometimes, um, and obviously. Um, we have, uh, you know, we have little ceremonies in the in the in the unit. For instance, when a child passes away, we we have a morning meeting, mm. and we light a candle for that child. Mm. Um, and then at the end of the year, Chuck, um, our parent organisation, <clears throat> has a service for all bereaved um, families, where we do a whole lot of things. Um, you know, light candles. Uh, release balloons, um, you know, have uh, people talking, have some music, um, have remembrance um, videos and that sort of thing. So we so it's, we don't only look after the living. We also care about the families when the child passes right. away. And so it does help to have these things in the unit um to assist with the the grieving process from the from from the the nursing staff and everybody also grieve a little bit when a child passes away especially when you've walked the path with them for many years mm. and mm. and the family you know mm. you get to know the families you get to know the child you get to know all their little quirks and <laughs> what what each child right, does and right. So on and so forth. So it's actually, um, you know, we we try and take care of the the team. And so if you're a lone doctor somewhere, it's that's a very difficult thing yeah, to must do. Be, yeah, must be. Mm. Let's take a break. Um, we're gonna be we're gonna be back. Stay with us. This is Life Links with a DL link. This is LifeLinks with a DL link. 
Welcome back. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through um, insights, information and illumination. This, of course, is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, the month of September. So we've really been looking at uh, childhood cancer and uh, fundraising and incredible events that are taking place, which we will go over again with you. But just to talk about uh, a wonderful fundraising event that took place just a week ago, um, you know, the DL Link, we, we talk about looking over well over 700 families. Families, the incredible work that they do. So when I was invited to the Three C's dinner last week, I was really, really very excited. Nick Wibinovitz uh, was the MC, and he never disappoints. Um, and, you know, we can get so serious sometimes. So to be able to just laugh from the very core of your being and to feel walk away light, um, is, it's, well, it's a wonderful treat. And there were incredible speakers, and just the whole event was just so well put together. And, um, one of the the uh, really huge role players in putting this event together um, is uh, Robbie Siegel from uh, Lionel Isaacs Insurance Brokers. You know, he has he supports the DL Link in every possible way. He is passionate about them, passionate about their fundraising, and he was great last week and and just always so generous. So, Robbie, welcome onto the show. We've had you on the show before. Um, we Thank spoke you. about the three C's, and uh, what do you have to say about last week's event? Yeah, look, I think um, I think the um, mind-blowing part about the event was how generous people are. And I think when you have an event where people see, you know, what it is behind what what the actual DL link is, and you see the work that goes into the DL link, you, you can only but want to give. And I'm, I'm I could not believe how many people came up to me after the event to say, "Listen, we just want to give without you even telling people who we are." And that, that for me is mind blowing. Right. Of course it is. Of course. And, it, it, it. and and also, Robbie, I mean, it was so well attended. I think that you're going to have to move to a bigger venue next year. It was bursting yeah, so, at the seams. So, so we are going to move to a bigger venue. You know, when we started out doing this event, I said to Michelle, people need to know what DL Link is and what, what DL Link do for people. And I think we've now achieved that. And, you know, also, you know, success breeds on success. So you have a really great evening. People get to hear about it and want to come to the next one. Mm. And that's what's happened there. You know, it's a, it's a really nice event to come to. Also having your wife stand up and speak. We've had her on the show as well as, as our warrior. And I'm looking forward to having her on the show again. But you must have been very proud. Um, I, I really was. Yeah. You know, for her to stand up and so brave and to share her story, which is an incredibly emotive story. It's a, it's a huge story. Um, it, it must have been a great opportunity for all of you, for your entire family, Robbie. Yeah, it was. And I think it was, she was unbelievable in that that was her first ever public talk. Hard to believe, uh, actually. Yeah, it is. Because she spoke with such confidence. So, Robbie, what can, what, what can we expect um, at the next event? Are we looking in a year? Are we looking in six months' time? I can imagine that you're still you, you're in the process of dreaming it up. Yeah, so, so what we'll do is we'll, we'll keep it a year apart. Because mm-hmm. I think if you start overdoing these things, you, you, you know, you, you can't keep going to the same people. And, you know, just so many people are being touched by cancer now. That I think I think let's let's keep it a year apart. We can plan it properly. We'll, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep um, we'll keep getting better at it. Mm. You know, so so you know we learned. I mean, this last one now it was a bit cramped, but so many people were there, and so many people want to come. So we've got to keep outdoing ourselves. You know, that's how you you've got to do these functions. Otherwise, you'll lose it as quickly as you get the traction going. 
so you lose it if you don't do it correctly. Listen, those are big. Those are fantastic worries to be uh, bursting at yeah. the seams because so many people want to come. Well, Robbie, thanks for joining us. Thanks it's for helping put together a really phenomenal event, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure, and it's one that's very close to our hearts. Obviously, so absolutely, we're there all the time. Absolutely, thank you, Robbie. Great having Mark. you on the show. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. So Robbie Siegel, um, he's the MD of Lionel Isaacs Insurance Brokers. I mean, he was giving away watches to auction. They were auctioneering all sorts of things. And just the idea that everyone's coming together to raise funds for the DL Link, who provides such a great service to everyone in the community, families and, and patients who are um, cancer warriors um, and just the work that they do. So I, I'm, do we have our next DL Link? Do we have our worry on the line? Brenda, she's coming now. She she's also been a warrior on the show, and she was there as a guest. Um, and we want to get Brenda's idea of uh, what it was like experiencing the event um, as a guest. Brenda, hi, welcome onto the show. Welcome back. Hi. I should rather say. Hey, Nick. Thanks. Are you are you well, Bren? I'm good. I'm hooked up to my chemo drip, and I'm doing great. Are you? Are you? As we speak, as we speak. So then, I'm going to take you back. I'm going to just give you the best memory because every time I looked at you, you were smiling from ear to ear. What what did you think of that event? You know what? Um, Every time I see Deal Link showcased and the amazing work we do is is mind blowing. But what was truly humbling was the support from everybody and. You know, I don't think the event was cramped. I think it was cozy. It was full of beautiful people with generous hearts. And Nick Rabinovitz was just phenomenal. And, you know, Michelle and just the kudos and his speech. It was just, everything was perfect. It was beautifully done. It went flawlessly. It was beautifully decorated. And, you know, as a recipient of Dio Link's generosity, um, it was truly, truly humbling and very emotional. You you always said that uh, since getting in touch with the DL Link, it's it's been like expanding your family. It's it's like yeah. having a, a whole a whole extension of your family. Absolutely, it it really is. And you know whether you, you're one of the warriors and you you're talking to your friends who are warriors or you're talking to survivors, um, it's just it is a family. It's people who understand you, people who are empathetic, people who are generous in their support and love. Um, you know, so much goes on. The WhatsApp that happen every week. The I get chillers in the in the chemo room. I'm very spoiled. Have you got your chiller uh, now? No, it's no coming probably. <laughs> no, and uh, and and I just you know the lifts, the food, you know the things that help with kids with homework, the trips they take people on, and just the love, just the love and support is mm. just incredible mm. well Brent thanks for you know I mean that you're sitting there and you're going through your chemotherapy and that you're speaking to us on the show it says a lot so Brenda Stern thank you so much for once again coming onto the show and uh, just wishing you health and as it as you're sitting there we're just sending lots of positivity and lots of love your way oh, thank you Take thank care. you so much Nikki. thanks Brenda God go bless. well be, be healthy you. okay bye 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 Professor, you, you're listening to this. Um, I mean, you are a board member of Reach for a Dream. They are, we, 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 Garth is busy talking about, what is it, Garth? What are, who do you raise funds for? What are they called? Little? Little fighters. Little fighters. Yeah, they're incredible people doing incredible things. And you obviously exposed to that a lot. Reach for a Dream. I mean, you, you're making these little kids' dreams come true, aren't <clears> you? Well, yes. I mean, we, we, um, Reach for a Dream. 
um, is to give the child who has a life-threatening disorder um, a chance to do something that they might might not experience in their lifetime or they might never have experienced before. So it really is um, a wonderful organization. started off very small with the Rotary Project and then it's grown into the Reach for a Dream Foundation with um, hundreds of children receiving a Reach for a Dream um, every year. So, something yeah. like something like Reach for a Dream fulfills six dreams per day, mm. 365 days every a year. year. Yeah. And to date, 16,805 dreams and posit- have positively impacted on 300,000 children. Yes. Isn't that, that smiles on those faces? So it's Isn't not only wonderful? children with cancer, but it's all children who have a life-threatening disorder. Um, so... Um, and dreams, you know, can vary, very, very, very until, you know, some some children like come from rural areas. They don't have a life experience, don't really know what they can dream about. So their dream is to get a bus. <coughs> oh, you're <Sorry>. right. <coughs> you're okay, Sorry. Professor. Yeah, no. okay. A bicycle or a football or visit a soccer star or a soccer star visiting them, and then others have more, you know, other dreams, you know, swimming with dolphins or doing something really nice. And um, Reach for a Dream tries to fulfill all those dreams mm-hmm. for the kids, mm-hmm. and it's it is it is very. Really wonderful. Mm. Must fill your heart with lots mm. of joy yeah. when you see that. Yes. Professor, thank you so much for joining us. It's been really wonderful having you on the show. It's a pleasure. Fabulous, fabulous. Mm. Professor Janet Poole, who's a pediatric oncologist. Um, she's a board member of Reach for Dreams and also a hematology expert. Um, so, Garth, you've got this event coming up. It's going to Little Warriors, and uh, you're going to be... Doing the Mayweather kind of McGregor <laughs> get together, but on a much smaller scale. Much smaller, yeah. So when is it happening? Well, I'm, well, if I could make if I could make that amount of money for those imagine. kids, can yeah. you imagine can, millions can, and millions and millions? Crazy. Can you actually imagine? Crazy. Yeah, it's you know just listening uh, to to all the causes out there. I know it's I know it's really tough for people to dig into their pockets, and um, if I mean if if you had to support every single uh, uh, cause out there. We, we'd all walk around broke, but there, there, there is a fact that if you if you t- had to take like ten percent of the of the money you spend a day on on anything that you really don't need, trust me that these 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 causes need that. Mm. They really need it. Mm. You know, go to the shop and, and and buy a box of cigarettes. I mean, I don't say that word in a cancer discussion. What is it? Exactly. What, what are cigarettes? But how yeah. many people still go and spend forty to fifty rand on a box of cigarettes? You know, maybe buy two boxes in case they run out that night. Buy one box and put that at 50 rand towards, you know, mm. young children who haven't started smoking mm. yet. Maybe for you, you think it's too late. It's actually not. But, you know, yeah. that, that that example, instead of buying two donuts, buy one and spend the other money on, on, on a cause, just something. Find something because uh, at, at at this point, it's it's really tough to, to – uh, Cancer Awareness Month for, for children. You know how tough it is to raise funds for yeah. a child – um, I, I hate saying the word, but you know, uh, a child dying of cancer. You think it's uh, suffering from cancer? You know, a lot. I've, I've heard a lot of people use the words, "Yeah, you know, cancer survivors, cancer fighters, this and that." And it's all a very positive, putting it out in the universe frame of mind. But you know, I'm, I'm a bit like a Robbie Williams in this regard, and I have to say, it like it is, people are dying of cancer, and that that's the fact. Some people don't have the means 
to to treat that. And I think it's our responsibility as human beings to give those people the means to at least live. Mm, Thanks, Garth. Now, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. Unfortunately, we've, we've run out of time. But your event, if you've got buddy, a number, quickly, quickly. V- very easy, backer buddy. Yeah. Look for Garth Taylor. Yeah. Um, and it'll, it'll come up as my fight. And please put some money towards these children. I'm not making a cent from it. In fact, I'm getting beaten up for it. <laughs> for it. But I'd rather have Good a cause. blood nose than these kids uh, have to fight uh, cancer alone. Thank you, Garth. Backer buddy. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. I look forward to being with you next week. Until then, take care. Goodbye.